Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. everybody and welcome to another episode of the what's good games podcast your usual source for video game news commentary analysis and funny stuff every friday but today is a special friday because it's new year's freaking eve happy new year wait 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 are we doing a wave thing start it okay 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 oh I am one of your hosts, Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. <laughs> and we are joined in studio by the director of brand at G4, Miss Rihanna Manuel. Ooh. Hello. And the co-founder slash just founder. Is it co-founder? Founder. The founder. And host. Founder and host of Gamer Tag Radio and the games editorial lead at X-Play. Danny Pena is back. Hola, we're back. What's up? Yay. Welcome. And we're ready to party. Yay. We are all decked out in our shiny things. If you are watching at youtube.com slash what's good games, because it is New Year's Eve and it's the one day a year that you have an unbridled license to wear anything sparkly. Absolutely. Yep. Mm. You know, I have, it's like you, being in Vegas. Re, I sh- should I mention my tradition that I do every year? I think so. It's a, it's a good tradition. So Why don't you share with the every people? year at midnight? I walk around with a backpack or luggage because I want that year to be a travel, a great traveling year for me. Oh, interesting. I, I've been doing this since uh, since I was a kid. Yeah. How has that worked out in the pandemic? It's Honestly, been great. It's this been pretty year? Pretty good. Yeah. You guys ha- actually have gone to some cool places. Yes, yes. And we went to Punta Cana. You got engaged yeah. in Punta Cana. Engaged there. You know, went to Miami ah. multiple times. New York City. You know, I, I had to see uh, my billboard in New York. And it's of been course. a good travel year. Yeah, it's sure. been great. Yeah. It's been awesome. Yeah. Just good. Really Do hop around the block. Give it a shot. See 2022 is going to be a year. Danny, I think you told me that one night. We were at some preview event or something. I remember we were walking and talking, and you told me that. And I thought that was so fucking cool. And I think about that. Like that's a really good idea. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's the energy. I, and I also yeah. learned this from from Re too. You got to manifest of whatever right. you want that year. It, it could be traveling, you know, your career. There's so many things, man. You know, so uh, yeah, this year we're gonna do it again. Okay, right that's at it. midnight. And, and for those who are watching it. it, try to do it. Yeah, yeah. I like this. I yeah. like it good a vibes. lot. Well, thank you, everybody who is joining us. Whether it is your first episode or your 256th 
episode of What's Good Games. We're glad that you are here. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Chewy's Godson, Alex Rogopoulos, David Icolucci, Ferris Atia, Justin Foshi, Matthew Goddard, and Punctified. And normally, I would say welcome to our Patreon community. But because we're pre-recording this because of the holidays, we will get to all of those thank yous when we are back live in January, as we will get to Brittany's favorite podcast reviews. Thank you to everybody who took the time to write us a five-star review in 2021. It helps us so much. We are broken records about this because of how important it is. And we know that it's not easy for you to financially support the show maybe ever, right? Maybe you're just like, I just can't do it. It's not my bandwidth. And we 100% understand that. But we just ask for a couple minutes of your time to support us in another way. And that is by leaving us a five-star review. And thank you to everybody who has gone out of their way to do that. It means a lot to us. Can I say something? Of course you can. Much props to you and Brittany. Uh, I I get happy when I see, you know, top gaming podcasts of like the moment of the year. And I'm I'm so happy to see you girls doing your thing. And that makes me... Truly, truly happy. So, Aw, thank yeah. you, Danny. Friend? Yeah. Really I always got to support. Got to always got to give a shout out to you. We hey. surprisingly, we say this a lot, get featured on top podcasts for kids, and we don't understand why. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll teach them the thing their parents don't want to teach them. We'll just. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you are a child and you have found your way to our podcast, welcome. But this is mature rated content, typically I mean, for a reason. I mean, we'll talk about Lady D last week, you know. So, oh, great for the kids. Lady <laughs> Yes. Like the full family. Exactly. <laughs> well, this is a really fun show for us to do. Every year over the New Year's weekend, we talk about our most anticipated games for the upcoming year, which is 2022. And there is a Ooh. whopping number of big behemoth games supposed Ooh. to be coming out in 2022. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Obviously, pandemic uh, production working remotely has been really tough for a lot of teams out there. So if they got to slip, you got to slip. No one's going to be mad at you. Take your time. Don't crunch. Mental health is important. Physical health is important. But we do have release dates for some games. So we are going to start in January and work our way down through releases that we know have announced dates. And then we'll talk about games that are just kind of blanket 2022 as we do every year. So, Brittany, you want to get us kicked off with the month of January? Excuse me. Yeah, I would love that. Um, (laughs) Surprising no one. My number one game of January is releasing January 28th. And that game is Porkamore. Pokemon Legends Arceus. I know no one really needs to hear me talk more about this game and what it quite means for the future of the franchise, but I will keep it brief. Uh, this is going to be a very, very important monumental step for the franchise. We've been saying for how many years now that we kind of want some real change to come to the Pokemon series, especially now that they're on uh, consoles and not just handheld devices. And the Pokemon Company and Game Freak have just been a little kind of slow at implementing some of those wanted changes. And especially with games like Breath of the Wild out there, we see what teams are capable of. Now I'm not comparing the Zelda team with Game Freak. Game Freak is a relatively small, small team, but they could contract people in. I'm getting ahead of myself. <clears throat> Anyway, we'll see how this pans out is all I'm saying. I'm keeping my expectations in check. I think there's going to be some fun, new, innovative things that they're doing in terms of the battle system. It's going to be interesting kind of seeing how it works with a Monster Hunter-esque type map where you have your central hub and then you have these big open wild areas to go and explore. And I think that is obviously going to dominate the January month. And uh, thank God, because February 
that's going to February, March. Once we get to that, it's going to be a clusterfuck. But Pokemon Legends Arceus, a lot, lot, lot writing on this. We'll see. Now, I've made my feelings very clear about this, but I'd love to hear from the three of you. Has this game captured your attention at all? I think I'm intrigued from the sense that they're supposed to be doing something different with it this time around. And the fact that you're excited about it when you have been, you know, pretty uh, blunt with your feelings on how some of these remasters have been going. Um, that, you know, I think it's interesting. Do I think it's quite the Breath of the Wild uh, turn that the Legend of Zelda franchise had? Uh, I think that remains to be seen. But they're oh, definitely well, no way. Going, no in a, way. going in a better direction. Yes. Yeah, for me, um, the game looks, it looks very interesting and, of course, a different style. But Pokemon is not for me, so I don't know if I'll, I'll give it a try or not. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still debating about it. Because there's other games yeah. I want to play that month for January, so which I'm going to mention okay. in a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Rainbow Six Extraction. <laughs> hey. Oh, did I read your mind? I'm like, it's definitely not Monster Hunter Rise. I don't see it on PC. I'm like, I don't think you're a Weird West kind of guy. I mean, maybe you are. I don't know. I'm looking at these other releases, and I'm like, it has to be Rainbow Six Extraction for yeah. me. Okay. I All mean... Right. I definitely am planning on talking about Rainbow Six Extraction. So Rian and I have played a lot of Rainbow Six together. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm definitely excited for this game. Slash a little, you know, I'm a little hesitant. Like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with this game because it's a departure, right? It's not the traditional tactical squad-based gameplay that we all know from Rainbow Six Siege. It's something that is feels a little bit more like what we get from a Back for Blood or a Call of Duty Zombies, something that is more horde-based feeling. And it's got a, you know, like a bigger kind of cartoony vibe to it. So I found a, a trailer here, but for some reason it's got the, the Peggy on it. So I'm trying to find something that's Peggy. a little bit, a little bit different. Um, but Ree, what did you think about this trailer when you saw it for the first time? I, I think it's great to see a little bit more focus on the objectives. And one thing I really love about Rainbow Six, and as you mentioned, we've played a lot, is uh, the interactivity between the different characters or operators and you know what they have in their kit and how you can sort of set up for an oncoming ambush or plan to try to infiltrate an enemy team. But... As you mentioned, Back for Blood, like these games that have more objective-based uh, gameplay and things that have checkpoints and in moments where you can pause and regroup and then plan your next move, I really do enjoy those a lot more long-term. Rainbow Six's Siege has always been really great to drop in, play a few games, and then forget about it for a little bit. Uh, whereas I can see this one sticking a little bit more long term for me and, you know, trying to really like max out our progression and go back and see if we can like build time, beat our times and, you know, coming through the experience with different people as, as you know, different sets of friends are available to play. And and I can see this having a lot more longevity for me in the, the Rainbow Six arena for sure. You know, the original game, the original name of this game was Rainbow Six Quarantine. Yeah. Yes, I remember they did. They went through a name change. <laughs> yeah, they, they changed They yeah. changed that. Good call. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the game comes out Jan January 20th, which is too close to February. It's... <laughs> February is looking February crazy. February is... But, uh, she's thick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the game for me. Uh, I think... Um, look, I'm a huge fan of zombies, zombie games, you know, Left 4 Dead... Back for Blood, uh, 
and yeah i'm excited very very excited to play this play this uh next month can't wait yeah 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 i think that it's going to like i just feel like the competition is so stiff for this game but i feel like the the team at ubisoft has enough experience under their belt in this style of gameplay that they're going to be successful from at least from a gameplay perspective if it's going to have legs and be able to keep a community for months and months like mm-hmm. i i don't know you know mm-hmm. it's really tough to say because i think sometimes you get these games like even like alien fire team that did really well and popped right when it launched and then it just kind of died on the vine right and mm-hmm. didn't wasn't able to sustain uh, a fan base but ubisoft is really you know coming into their own when it comes to live service games and being able to do that kind of stuff so i think that there's there's potential for it to to be to be great is this three players or four player co-op honestly don't because it looks though the, the, right I now i know you it. it's the four sets of three yeah three? Oh, three i mean that's good that's good for three players yeah that's awesome isn't it destiny well destiny is destiny is, is three but you can do six yeah, in multiplayer in multiplayer yeah okay I, I don't mind three players i think it's fine let's yeah, do it three, three is important for for certain balancing challenges that need to be met especially mm-hmm. when you're talking about uh different game modes that have random modifiers or challenge modes it, it, once you get too many tools in your toolkit honestly mm-hmm. it makes it hard to to create a, a a worthwhile challenge for players who are a little bit more seasoned, a little more ex- a little bit more experienced, and you know that have lots of practice in Rainbow Six. I mean, honestly, it's a different type of shooter than what I think most people are used to who come from you know the Call of Duties or or even the Halos. Mm-hmm. Uh, as there's a lot of people who have been playing that, um, and it, it'll be interesting to see how that learning curve actually pans out with. Uh, the challenge modes that they're putting into this one, and I like that it's three people just for the, you know, the the overall difficulty for sure. Mm-hmm. I like a difficult That's PVE, shooter. right? Not PVP. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. PV, okay. PV, PV PV world or PV uh, objective. PVW. <laughs> uh, they call it PVE. Yeah. PVE. Yeah. Uh, player PVE. versus everyone. Yeah. Right? PVE, and then you have specific goals that you're trying to reach in you know each section of the encounter, and yeah, I feel like three feels like the right number. Yeah. Um, February, though, was really when things start to heat (laughs) up. And this game, Brittany, I have a feeling you are looking forward to. Oh, cool. Crossfire X. Um, (laughs) (laughs) How did you know? (laughs) You're funny. How did you know? Um, Yeah, Dying Light 2. Oh, my God. So... I at first when did the first Dying Light come out? Like 2015, I feel like it was. It was a long mm-hmm. ass time ago. Regardless, I am just so excited for Dying Light 2. There is just really nothing quite like this game. Sure, there's a bunch of individual parts that you can find in other games, or maybe this is taken from, but when you look at the vast open world, when you look at your choices and consequences, the parkouring, the visceral combat, on top of that, two to four player co-op. I feel like that's such a rare combination to find. And that's something that the first Dying Light did incredibly well. And it featured zombies or infected or whatever name you want to use for the rabid people that want to eat your face. And <laughs> I, th- I know the, the focus on this one clearly is not so much the infected anymore as much it is like what. And this is I feel like what every zombie game kind of falls into. Like, how do the humans impact the world? What have they done? How are they surviving? And humans are turning on humans. But, I mean, you know, zombies can only be such an interesting uh, antagonist up to a point. They're usually pretty fucking stupid, so they can't really, like, give you these pivotal choices that you have to make. But with all these different factions in this world, and it sounds like the replayability of it is so, so, so high, I am just so excited that this game has gone gold. I know folks have been attending preview events, and just from what I hear, like, it's going to be good. 
So yeah. definitely like my most anticipated by far. Of well, God, no, there's Horizon Forbidden West. Fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, there's just a couple of big games coming out in February, but I'm glad that you brought up mm. probably my most anticipated, and I know it's hard because... Mm. Which Queen is also on but Destiny, <laughs> um, which we'll talk about in, in just a second. But um, I'm also very much looking forward to Dying Light 2. And I know that's weird coming from me because I typically don't like these games and I didn't spend a lot of time with the first one because it was too scary as mm. per usual. Um, but I really loved what I saw when we saw this at E3. I believe it was 2019. We got like a nice deep dive into this. And it was one of my games of the show. And I was really impressed by what the team at Techland showed. And I think that this could be like a really big, amazing game for them. So, you know, well, I guess just have to have to wait and see exactly, you know, if it proves to be all of it's cracked up to be or not but a game that i think is not going to disappoint sorry i've lost my mask it can't miss honestly this is what i'm looking for um is horizon forbidden west now i feel like normally at this time of the year we would have already gotten a like a deep dive preview but i haven't i haven't seen like any real previews of this game and it's coming out like in 60 days (laughs) Do they need to, like though? They don't need well, to. That's, that's a good point. But I also feel like I've seen just a lot of little snippets here and there. We know we got the, uh, oh, God, what are the place Say to play a while back. And I just feel like every now and again, there's usually a few articles written about some new dev diary that's come out or something. So I feel like that's the approach they're taking, which is, I mean, granted, like, this game's going to perform phenomenally. But I'm with you, Andrea. It's like this game's out in a few months. Like, what? Where's the hands-on shit? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe sometime in January, we're probably going to hear more about that. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, honestly, no matter what, if there there's no preview, I think the game is still going to sell. It's still oh, the game's going to be it's amazing. Gonna like I, I don't think that I think PlayStation has kind of shown so far from their first party releases mm-hmm. that they don't really need to do previews. I mean, and yeah. they really earned that with what they did with the first game. It was really just. So good. You know, I think the first game that I remember this year that came out that there was no previews. Actually, they had their own preview. <laughs> was a uh, Returnal. Oh, there was no yeah. hands-on preview in that. They just posted a video, and and a lot of journalists were like, "Wait, why there's no preview for this game?" You know, it was just it, it's weird. I think they're that's a new IP, so it's a little bit different. But I think with Horizon, they don't need to do that. They don't. They just hey. release it, and that's yeah. it. It sells it itself. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, 100% Dying Light 2, but I'm going to change things around because I don't want us to repeat the same games here and there. <laughs> and honestly, and I'm going to mention why I'm very curious about this game. Crossfire, uh, Crossfire X, the reason mm-hmm. why I'm super curious about the game, not because of the multiplayer, because Remedy is the studio working on the campaign for that, for that game. The okay. single player campaign. And I love, I love, you know, Alan Wake. I love all their other previous games that they released. But um, yeah, just I'm curious to see how it's going to look as a first person shooter uh, for uh, for that game. So yeah, that, I'll, I'll go with that. It's incredibly successful, isn't it? It's already out. Oh, it's, in, it's huge right? in, in China, so, but yeah. only the multiplayer, not single player. So it's going to be the first time that people are going to play that. 
the single player portion of of Crossfire. Yeah, and like, I know I kind of like made a joke about it earlier, but I'm with you, Danny. Like, if Remedy's working on it, then absolutely, I'm yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm curious. Like, it'll, it's going to get a, at least a second look for me, absolutely. Yeah, I'm curious because maybe maybe if this is big for them, maybe they'll work on other big shooters in the future, like you know, new IPs from them. Maybe it's part of the Alan Wake universe. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> that would be sick. I could absolutely Only like see a Callisto that. protocol. Yeah. But like in the yeah, PUBG universe. Yeah. Okay. And, and then please, Alan Wake 2, let's go. 2023. <laughs> let's do it. I do think that this could be the release that gets this game, you know, more popular in the US. As you mentioned, it's gigantic in Asia, particularly in China. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a very crowded landscape in first person shooters, but obviously people millions of people love this game mm-hmm. and this could be this could be it yeah and this is the reason why we we got so used to like how you know activision worked with their um you know uh, call of duty games but when timefall came out respawn mm. changed the game on a lot of uh, with a lot of uh, new features that we have never seen before in a, in a first person shooter game before and they did it with especially with time timefall 2 one of the best campaigns that I ever played in the, the, over a decade now. Oh, yeah. No, Titanfall 2's campaign was phenomenal. Sick. Yeah. So I can imagine... I'm not saying that Remedy is going to do that, but I just love to see new studios that are working on titles like that, that type of mm-hmm. uh, you know first-person shooter for the first time. Because I'm so used to playing their third-person view, third-person right. right. games like Alan Wake, etc. So yeah. I'm, I'm super curious. That's, that's the reason why I want to pick Crossfire X as my pick for the month of February. Okay. Yeah. Something different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> hey. Okay. Let's go. No, I appreciate that. Um, obviously, 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 <laughs> I have to talk about Destiny. Um, so. Yes, of course. And Ri, I'm glad you're here. As a clan mate <laughs> of mine, you can appreciate uh, Destiny. So. They've been a little quiet this year. They haven't been doing as much as far as regular releases. And they've had a little bit of criticism from people about that. And I think it's because they're biding their time until this massive release. So the Witch Queen is the major expansion that's coming out for Destiny 2. Luke Smith got on stage at their reveal of this and was like, Destiny 2 is not going anywhere. Yeah. Kind of quashing this idea of when's Destiny 3 coming and saying we're just fully committed to the world and the world building of Destiny 2. And I think that there's pros and cons to that, which we're not going to go over right now. Um, (laughs) Instead, I want to talk about how I think this could be a way to get a lot of people back into Destiny 2 that have been gone from it because they're going to be making a lot of gameplay and mechanical changes along with adding substantial narrative elements with the Witch Queen. And I just love Destiny. I clearly talk about it usually ad nauseum. Obviously, I took a big break from Destiny 2 in 2021 for a variety of reasons, but I think the Witch Queen is really going to be the thing that can hopefully hook me back in when I can find time late at night to play a live game that does not have a pause button. Um, so <laughs> I'm excited prospects. to check it out. Re, do you think this could bring you back to Destiny? I know you've been kind of away. You've been, you know, in Apex. You've been in Back for Blood. You've been in Call of Duty and a bunch of other games. Um, what do you think? I think it could, and that simply because I'm ready for a meta reset. I think that's really the tough part and the tough sell for Destiny players, especially 
original Destiny players who came into Destiny 2 and then kept getting left behind. Yes. And it takes so many hours to get the gun. <laughs> it takes so many hours <laughs> to get the armor set mm-hmm. and, and to, to gain all the, the light or whatever points they end up updating <laughs> with this next one um, in order to really be competitive. And, and that's in PvP or PvE, to be honest. Like, it's really tough to jump into some of these, these later season release raids if you don't have, like, like full raid armor already and you're just leveling it up and it's tough being the the sponge on your your team and to be the the little marshmallow that gets taken out and you know you don't have the the proper spec points to really be an asset and nobody wants to run raids with you anymore marshmallow (laughs) it's hard it's really hard so Yeah, I I think this may be the time to get back into it. Obviously, a new update is always a good time to pick up a game for the first time. But for, you know, lapsed players like myself, this is probably our best bet at, you know, catching up to everybody else who's been logging hours every single day of the week, which, you know, sometimes you just can't do. Most of the time you can't do. It's easy to get left behind in Destiny, for sure. Mm -hmm. But hopefully it brings some people back. But the game that we have to talk about, though, I don't think it's on anybody's most anticipated list in this podcast, is the game that got voted most anticipated at the Game Awards, and that, of course, is Elden Ring. So this is a game that I think a lot of people are excited about. I, you know respect my time so i probably won't be playing this game (laughs) but i have to give props to the beautiful world building and the style of this game and the previews that we've seen definitely are intriguing but i just uh, it's just a style of gameplay that i just can't get into not for me it looks very demanding which is appealing to a large number of players as we know um I'm not sure who will stop playing what to play this. That's my biggest question. I mean, there there is a hardcore crowd that just really excited about this game. Sure. This game is not for me. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm not saying the game is going to be bad. It just, like you said, it's just time. And I prefer to play other games that I'm going to be enjoying more than than this one. So you hear that, folks, in the comment section? We're not poo-pooing hey, on your beloved Elden Ring at You're all. It's not for us. It's not, not for okay. me. It's not for me. I know the game is looks I mean, cool and all, but <laughs> it looks yeah. cool. And I'll I'll make it a little bit spicier. Oh, I'd argue y'all who are excited for it. Do you really have time for this game? Do you? I mean, yes, I do think that the fanboys and fangirls, I don't know, are definitely like this is like. It clearly got voted most anticipated two years in a row at the Game Awards, by the way, sure. for, for a yeah. reason. And I just always rem- remind myself that, like, it's okay that this game isn't for me. Because yeah. every time a From Software game comes up, you know, you, you think about the conversation that always comes up about accessibility and is this game meant for everybody? Is it not meant for everybody? What mm-hmm. is that conversation, which we're not going to have right now again because it's about most anticipated games. Yes. Um, and what that's definitely part of the release of this game that I'm not looking forward to, rehashing all of that again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if this is for you, Hey, more power to Go you. Go with hey, God. More power to you. <laughs> I, I, I hope you feel fulfilled with your time. Yes. I actually have a bit of a dark horse in this race. Oh, okay, okay. And it's an unusual one for me as well. So I don't 
enjoy from software games. I know I don't like repeatedly failing at things, um, in the exception of Hades. Uh, and I really am not one to to get into beat 'em ups. I know Danny, you're a really huge fan of some of those, and mm-hmm. and I've watched you play, and they look fun. But one that really intrigued me, and again, another surprise, it's from PlayStation, <laughs> is Sifu. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great pick. Great yeah. choice. So Great choice. I did not expect to be intrigued by this game because, as I said before, it, it looks like everything I, I know that I usually bounce off of, right? It's a beat-em-up game. It's about timing and learning enemy patterns and parrying and you know different boss mechanics that you eventually build up to being able to master against. Uh, it's about patience and trying over and over, doing the same thing and not being good at it. Lots of things that I'm not a fan of typically, but something about the combat style really intrigued me. And um, I think this is from Slow Clap, which are listed here as both the developer and the publisher. And this is exclusive to uh, the, I'm sorry, not exclusive. This is an Unreal Engine game, but we saw it at the PlayStation Showcase, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yes. Yeah, it's just really interesting that it, it looks like a smaller team is putting this together, but there's so much interaction in the world. Uh, as you're seeing here, if you're watching uh, What's Good Games on YouTube, uh, they have a lot of accessibility options where you can map different things on your controller. Uh, it, it just seems like a lot of really good intentional work, and I'm always a fan of that. So, And what's cool with it, too, is the aging mechanic in Sifu, right? Yeah. So my understanding is the way it works is that once you fail, you can age, and you can keep everything you've learned to try again. Um, and if you keep aging, obviously you're going to die at some point, right? <laughs> but no, I'm with Yuri. I'm glad you brought this one up because I think the combat looks so fun and so visceral. It kind of gives me some Yakuza vibes when it comes to the yeah. hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. And I just think the atmosphere just looks super fun. I love the colors and the palette. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this too. And generally, this is not my cup of tea, but something about it is very appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this is coming out for PlayStation and PC, yeah. So, yeah, this is a Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5, and that's February 8th, so mm-hmm. at the beginning of uh, of our our stacked month of February. Yeah. Ugh, such yeah. a big month. Like, I don't even, <laughs> like, it's it's too it's too much. How are we even going to play all these games in How a single indeed. month? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, on that note, let's move on to March, just kind of moving right along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the long-awaited um, Gran Turismo 7 is finally out, but Carson games, definitely not my thing, but games that are my thing, Tiny Tina's Wonder. Yes, she's back. So when they first announced this game, I was super excited about the fact that they're not only bringing Ashley Birch's Tiny Tina character back, but giving her kind of like a standalone thing. Uh, the Dungeons and the Dungeons and Dragons. Huh, that's the Burger word I'm burn. looking for. Um, <laughs> inspired expansion um, inside the Borderlands universe. Uh, Bunkers of Badasses, of course, is what it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, is something that I. I think you know was really successful a lot of people really loved it and i was really happy to see that what they were planning to do this time around is give it kind of like its own full standalone game oh it deserved it yeah 100 percent. i mean uh. i really really loved tiny tina's assault on dragon's keep that's one of the dlcs from borderlands two two and uh, it was 
amazing in the way that I, I know a lot more about Dungeons and Dragons now, just being a human <laughs> on the planet and seeing all of the things in media. Um, I recognize so many things from those types of, uh, you know, tabletop and role playing experiences, right? And they did an incredible job integrating them into the storytelling of a young girl working through her grief while playing a game. And what I'm really excited about <laughs> to do to see in the, I'm sorry, we're just watching the B-roll here again, if you're not watching so on YouTube. Uh, I'm really excited to see in, in Wonderlands what Tina will be working through because the narrative in Borderlands is surprisingly good. If you don't know, if you haven't played any of these games, it gets deep. Mm-hmm. It goes really, really hard. And there's some amazing character development across all of the games and especially in two and all of the DLCs. So it'll be really cool to see where they go with this one and of course you're going back into that Borderlands world Borderlands 3 was amazing and 2 is still my favorite and I'm really excited to see if maybe this has a little bit more of that vibe as the the second in the series it was one of my favorite games of all time so I'm really excited to to get a more of that spiritual successor here I'm really excited for this too because I love Borderlands I think it's just like the gameplay itself is inherently fun but I think I'm kind of burned out on it as it is Mm. something about it and that's why i think tiny tiny tina's wonderland is gonna be a really good breath of fresh air into this series because i and i'm also more of like a fantasy person anyway than you know whatever the other borderlands deserts and trees and i know the last game that it's in different biomes but this is so much more up my alley very very excited for this yeah Um, but this this is probably the most stacked month for me i'm looking at all of them (laughs) and there's like okay let's just start with this one triangle strategy the dumbest fucking name on the entire planet. Will they change it? Who could say? So this, <laughs> this is the one that looks like Octopath Traveler. Right. I remember that one on the Switch, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what looks so interesting about this is that it, sound, it looks like the combat is like tactical. So it's kind of like that Fire Emblem slash Final Fantasy Tactics, which I mean, I feel like I'm due for. I haven't played one of those kind of games in a really long time. But it sounds like as you're playing it, you're going to be recruiting folks and during or after your battles, rather, you have these sort of cut scenes and everyone comes together in this council. And then everyone that you've recruited kind of votes on which way the story should progress. And there's three morality things here. Let me find it. Utility, morality, and liberty. And this makes up your main character's worldview. Yeah, and influences how things will go forward. So let's say, you know, you have like, and I haven't played the demo, but if you have someone, it's either do we kill this person or do we kill this hostage or do we let them go? And then y'all got to vote on it. And if people vote against you, I guess there's a persuasion mechanic as well, which sounds like kind of interesting. It just sounds like something different. And I just love this art style so, so much. I just don't know what's up with this, with this fucking name. Triangle strategy. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Are it's we doing just, like, they just really love all. geometry or something? I was just going to say, Reed, it's like geometry all over again. Oh my God, PTSD, traumatizing like, shit. You know that JRPGs in particular have no actual like rhyme or reason to their naming conventions. I know, but triangle strategy, like that's, <laughs> I, that's just what Andrew, I can't wrap my head around. Like I'll take Final Fantasy, I'll take Dark Cloud, I'll take Tales of Arise all day, every day. But triangle strategy, it makes me sort of angry, but that's well, okay. Maybe it will all become clear once the game is finally out and then you'll be, be and then you'll good. be like, okay, I get exactly <laughs> like what they're talking about now. I'll I get where uh-huh it came moment. from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly, okay. exactly. Okay. And here I was hoping that you were going to talk about um, one of the games that I was really excited about this year. I'm excited for this. I'm oh. excited for this one. Okay. Can I say it? Tunic? Yes, go ahead. Tunic. Right. Yeah. Tunic. I, I, I got to 
see this back in i think it was like 2018 2019 this game was announced in 2015 yeah it's It's bonkers how long this game has been in development and i think it's like we're all just like waiting with bated breath to be like um, excuse me how come this game isn't out yet like we <laughs> feel like we've been waiting but we finally got a release date for this game yeah which is great but yeah. it's so it, cute it's you so guys cute got to, to try out the demo yeah that came out uh was it this year earlier this year right yeah they had a demo only available for for that week and yeah it it, it has uh it has this Link to the past vibes from like the NES, yes, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, it's oh my god, it looks beautiful. Just I don't know anything uh, about the story, but it's the game looks doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The <laughs> game looks beautiful. It's it's fun to play, and not only that, the even the boss battles is very very challenging too. Have you got to play it too, I, uh, Brittany, or no? No, I haven't played it yet. I've had my eye on it, obviously. I think the last time I played it was twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen mm-hmm. at one of the Xbox pre E three events, but. Um, yeah, I mean, that's exactly it, Danny. Like, the vibes of A Link to the Past, just looking at it. It's all the gameplay you would want. You have the dungeons, you have the maps, except for you have an adorable little a little fox friend. And I think with the recent remake of Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, I think this timing is perfect. I think that game probably turned a lot of people onto Zelda that maybe hadn't played before because it is so easy to pick up and play. Mm-hmm. And this just screams that. And I, yeah, definitely, like, definitely one of my number ones of that month. I awesome. Need. Yeah, that's my top pick for March. 100. 100%. Yeah, little fox friend, let's go. Hey, look, and here's the thing. It doesn't have to be always a AAA game. There's a lot of beautiful indie games. There's a lot of fun and and, and highly recommended to pick up. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that studio started off as a one-man game. I mean, it was just one developer. And I think since then, the team has expanded. But I thought that was pretty great. Um, Speaking of random weird names, just one more game I want to talk about. Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. Oh, here we go again. What's up with these long names? That's what I want to know. It's like near. It's like Kingdom Hearts. It's just the thing. You just kind of learn to like get used to it, I guess. I don't know. I'm still processing. But yeah, I don't really know what this game really even is. All of the there is a demo out again. I just haven't had the time to play it. But from my understanding is, is that it's an interpretation of Final Fantasy the first, the first Final Fantasy, and it has a whole bunch of new characters in who've been drawn in from the other world. There are some viral clips going on of the main character listening to Linkin Park on Twitter. I don't know what's happening. I don't even know that's <laughs> actually in the game. Who could say? But I had my eye on this one because, of course, the word Final Fantasy is in it. And so, I mean, it's kind of my jam. Is this but, the one? Uh, is this the one that's? Uh, they, they released a trailer earlier this year, and it says chaos, like. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm here to kill chaos. The main main character Jack wants to kill chaos, right? But it looks so cheesy. It looks like a I hate to say it, but a car wreck. You can't look away from it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You you don't you don't want to make eye contact, but you can't help it. So that's why I uh I'm just curious for better or for worse. I mean I hope hope all of these do well, but like I don't know. You know what? That's cheese ball. That's the problem. They're going to release that game. Brittany and all the Final Fantasy fans are just going to get it just because the word Final Fantasy is there. Oh, I mean, yeah. They're 100% counting on the it. Title. Huh? Yeah. yeah. No, they're, I, I would venture to say that they're banking on it. Oh, they're banking on it for Literally. sure. Oh, they're sure, milking yeah. that name all the yeah. way in. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Of yeah. course. Um, so from here on out is kind of where it gets to be like slim pickings for actual releases yeah. uh, with like hardcore release dates. Mm. And like, 
let's be honest, a lot of these release dates could probably move, but the one game that mm-hmm. keeps coming up that I feel like could be a dark horse that we're not really talking a lot about is Forspoken. Mm-hmm. So this is a game we just recently saw again at the Game Awards. It got a new trailer, and this is yet another third-person action-adventure game that kind of feels like, from a gameplay perspective, it looks a little bit to me like a Horizon Forbidden West, like uh, an Assassin's Creed, um, pretty much any kind of open world e action game. That's not, it doesn't necessarily need to be truly open world, but it's got a really interesting vibe. So you have this character who is from modern times that gets kind of thrust into this fantasy world. We don't really know a lot about why. Um, we don't really know about what she's doing there. And I, every time I see this game, I'm really intrigued by it. But I'm also like, what is this game? Is this game going to be cool? Is it going to be, you know, is it going to flop? But I mean, like, it looks good, It looks interesting. It looks very, very interesting. It looks very interesting. And then when you consider the writing talent, you know, Gary Whitta, you have Amy Hennig, like you have those people. uh, They've never written anything before. (laughs) I mean, they're, you know, kind of amateurish, but everyone has to get their start somewhere. (laughs) But no, I think I'm with you, Andrea. I think the premise of this woman being transported from modern day New York City into this random fantasy world and her trying to find her way out. I think what really hooked me was the first time or maybe it was the second time we saw it, maybe even the second time where she's hiding from some maybe dragon or big beast, I can't remember, and she says, like, what the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is a realistic like reaction to seeing a big old dragon in the sky. You know what I mean? And I think that's where there's a lot of potential for some just comedy gold in this game. Right. Like, what would happen if we were transported into a fantasy world? Like, how would we react? And I think that's something that could be fun to explore. Yeah, I'm 100%. Um, okay, other games... That I'm are coming out. I'm Reed. scrolling through. Yeah, the the list gets, as you said, to uh, me a there's only like when we're talking about most anticipated. Yeah. yeah, there's only two more games that I think have noteworthy release dates so far, Agreed. and that's Saints Row the reboot, which is coming out August sure. 23rd. Oh, yeah, August. Yeah. And Danny is wearing the Saints Row purple sparkly hoodie, uh, so I, <laughs> I want to bring that up. And then there's Starfield, which Starfield, we'll talk about in course. just a second. So. Yeah. Yeah. When the Saints Row reboot was announced, I got to do a behind-closed-doors demo and talk to the dev team and and kind of see a deep dive on it. And I walked away going, this game looks great. It looks like the gameplay is going to be very Saints Row. Uh, The team at Volition knows what they're doing. It's probably going to be really fun. But I was kind of left scratching my head going, why this game? Why now? Mm. Can this game stand up to all of the other competition that's coming out out there beyond the hardcore fans of the Saints Row franchise? And I don't really have an answer for that. I don't know how this game is going to do next year. I think it coming out in August is smart. It gets ahead of the November and October you know, really big release windows. And it's after some of the big games that are coming in February and March. Um, but I'm still I'm still not sure. I still don't know, you know, what's going to happen with this game. Uh, I could, uh, I agree with you. But also, there is no competition during that time. And there is no Grand Theft Auto, the, the next Grand Theft Auto game still. I mean, so I, I would, I mean, I'll let you continue. But I'll yeah. jump in and I'll say GTA Five is always someone's competition. Yes. Yes, there is. But... I think people okay. Every time uh, Rockstar shows a trailer of the old trilogy of Vice City Part Three, 
they I know they they released a couple of weeks ago. People always bringing up where is the new GTA? Where is the new GTA? They even showed a brand new story, uh, brand new story for the online version of the game, mm-hmm. and I think it's featured Dr. Dre and a couple others, uh, other artists in there too. And again, people bring up when is the next GTA? So I think this coming out now, people are just hungry for new content of a game like this, similar to Grand Theft Auto. So that's why I think this game is going to be successful, in my opinion. And I think that it's going to get like probably the new crowd that are just hungry for that. And they're just going to try out Saints Row for the first time. And I think this one is different than the last one. I feel like the the last Saints Row was too much comedy in there. Over the top. Oh, way over the top. Yeah. A little too wacky. Some yeah. people really loved that, though. And I think what's really challenging for the team of Volition here is that they're trying to split the difference much like the team at Capcom for Resident Mm. Evil did of like we want to appeal to the people who were there with us in the beginning of the franchise and for its roots but also don't want to alienate the people to where the franchise went to Mm -hmm. right and I think that that's going to be a big challenge for them People are looking for Johnny Gat. They're looking for his friends. They really want those characters that they know and love from the Saints Row universe. And I think they're going to be disappointed when they don't get them. But I am anxious to see how people are going to gravitate towards this new reboot, as it were, from Volition. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> wait and see, indeed. Yeah, I'm wearing this, I'm wearing this uh, little hoodie. Represent Saints Row. Yeah, I'm dude. ready. All You're purple all the time. Let's yeah, go. Let's but listen, it. there's a lot more games to get to. So let's just keep moving right along to the next and last game that has a definitive release date. And that is Starfield coming November 11th, 2022. <sighs> Infamous Starfield. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, subject of Xbox uh, exclusive many conversations Danny, I, between this group in particular <laughs> now, Danny I feel like this is the game that you're most hyped for yes I don't know anything about it but I'm just excited <laughs> I'm very excited what? <laughs> you haven't seen the developer diary that they put out like a couple I'm weeks back I'm trying to stay away from all of that I want to be surprised I want just okay I want to you know boot it up play it not knowing anything because I feel like I found out too many things right before the game comes out and kind of killed my my excitement. So um, I just want to keep it as a mystery for me. A blank slate, if you yes. will. Nice. This is your yeah. one. Your yeah. one. I'm like, and I'm this is a new dark. a new IP from from Bethesda. Yeah, oh, man. I'm yeah, all lots in. of reasons to get hype. Kind of like we we're talking about Horizon, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have to do much marketing for Starfield. No, I would say like little to none. I think there's a lot of faith in Bethesda Game Studios. I think that it being Xbox exclusive is a bit of a bummer, but I also think it's going to be great because it's coming to PC and this game is going to have the pedigree of the RPGs of Bethesda Game Studios, so Fallout and Elder Scrolls. And if they're going to bring that mojo to a sci-fi space universe, I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Collect all the coffee cups. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, collect all the coffee cups. Now give us more gameplay, Todd. Come on, more gameplay. Um, But we have a couple more games we want to talk about. Of note, Brittany, I think there's one in particular that stands out to you. Oh, it would be called The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel. Uh, we Another game we don't know a heck of a lot about. So the last trailer we got was in June, and I feel like all we really... The, the major stuff we got from that is we saw that the 
Breath of the Wild landscape, Hyrule, there's a bunch of new floating islands. Okay, like, cool. New traversal, I guess. And then, as I predicted, Link has this, like, fancy new weird thing with his arm. It's going to give him some sort of powers. This is, I believe, and I don't know if it's been confirmed, because, again, not a lot in writing, but the arm that we see holding the Ganon down in the Ganon, Ganon down in the first <laughs> Breath of the Wild sequel. Um, it gives him some new powers. Every Zelda game kind of has its shtick, and I believe that's going to be the one. We'll see how it works and what enables Link to do. Um, but then what's interesting, too, about Breath of the Wild sequel, from what we've seen, is that there's that scene where Link is falling from the sky, and he's wearing completely different garb. His hair is down. He has some sort of, like, oh, I don't know what you would call it. Um, toga? Not a to- I'm thinking of, like, my senior <laughs> toga days where we wore a toga to school. But I don't think that's, like, exactly what you would call it. But like a robe cool. of some sort? Like, almost like, yeah, Greek-esque kind of garb as he's flying. Like, he has his titties out, I think, at least one titty. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Link has titties, apparently. <laughs> Link titties. And we see him kind of morphing through rocks to, like, ascend a higher terrain. Like, I don't know what this game's going to be. But we also see him wearing the stuff he was wearing in Breath of the Wild. So I'm thinking there's going to be almost maybe two different kinds of Links. One where he has his arm, one where he doesn't. Maybe if you're in a different realm. And we've seen Zelda experiment with this in lots of games. You know, maybe you get different attributes. And maybe that's where the arm comes into play. You'll have, like, the basic... Breath of the Wild terrain, the Hyrule that we all knew and love from the last game. And then you're going to have like this, um, these floating islands where Link maybe gets that arm power and he gets to wear his fancy fuck out called a toga. Why not? And um, goes on with his bad self. I'm excited to see more. We're going to know we know we're going to get more in 2022 and the game's supposedly coming out in 2022. But we will see. We will see. All right. Are you okay with that game essentially being more of the same of what we got in the original Breath of the Wild, just a little bit more story, but nothing really mechanically different? I mean, personally, like, no. I want my dungeons back, right? I want <laughs> I want more of, like, a, and everyone fucking jumps down my throat when they're like, it is more traditional. You never played the first game on NES. <laughs> Don't get mad. It's fine. Let me have my opinion. I miss <laughs> the dungeons from Ocarina of Time. I miss the dungeons from Twilight Princess. Like, that's what I love about Zelda. Uh, I know some folks think that the open world, open-ended exploration is what makes Zelda Zelda and like cool and happy for you. But I would much rather take a map that's half the size, but put lots of different like levels and dungeons and biomes and like dungeons that are that are themed after certain biomes. Give me another like fire temple. Give me another water temple. The Koroks are fun, cool, but like I don't need 10,000 of them. You know what I mean? Uh, Just give me all the yes. items. Maybe make Zelda playable. I think that would be yep. really fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Zelda's going to Zelda, Nintendo's going to Nintendo, and, you know, it's going to win all sorts of awards regardless of what they do. <laughs> That's true. Do you it's think it, they'll do something similar to um, Halo 2 where you switch characters depending on the I, story? So it will be one time you'll, the beginning you'll play Link and then Zelda later in the yeah, game? Yeah, so... That was one of my predictions when we got the first trailer. It was that one, that the arm was going to be one of Link's new shticks, and two, that Zelda will be playable. And you know how games drop little hints here and there? Zelda's hair, if you look in the trailer, it's short. You know, I think she's kind of done being this, like, feeble princess that she was depicted as in Breath of the Wild, and now maybe she's ready to kick some ass. In a way, we have seen a trope of that we've seen developers portray characters is they cut their hair short. It's just a thing. And with her hair being short now, maybe now she, you know, hair won't be so hard to animate. I don't fucking know what the reason for that is. 
but either way, like, yeah, Dan, that was one of my predictions was that she will be a playable character. Maybe, maybe in certain situations or maybe in certain puzzles only, like who knows, but I'm still going to hold on to that. I'm going to hope it's about damn time. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a game changer for the series. Huge oh, game changer huge. if it happens. Oh, we've wanted a playable Zelda for so long. Mm-hmm. And I Zelda for being like the fucking title, Legend of Zelda, she's just such like <laughs> not a fleshed out character. Like we don't know much about her and who she is. Every Zelda game is different because I grant I get it, it's a different Zelda every time. But it's almost it like Nintendo nice. has weak female characters. <gasps> Did I say it? Ooh. I said wait, wait, it. what about Samus from Metroid. But do you really think that Samus is actually a fleshed out character? I mean, don't get me wrong. She's a strong character in in the Metroid series. But as far as like a narrative deep dive into like who she is and her thoughts and emotions and motivations, I feel like she's like pretty like character light. Or do you hey, feel like that's not a fair characterization? It got it got a Game of the Year awards. You know, I mean, <laughs> got nominated. <laughs> so gameplay. Game, <laughs> it's a Nintendo thing. Look at Mario and Luigi, honestly, too. Like, are they fleshed out characters? No, of course no. they're not. That's true. Good parent. You know, it's a thing. But like poor we- Peach. Oh, man. Who knows what's really going on inside that girl's head? Or Daisy? Yeah. Daisy, yeah. What's going on with her? Well, what about Yoshi? <laughs> Wait, so do we figure out Yoshi's like a glorified pet. Yeah. I hope Yoshi gets lots of therapy on a weekly basis. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the original story... I mean, Nintendo never promoted this, but when he when he popped up in uh, Super Mario World, he was actually hitting Yoshi. He was not like petting him or anything like that. Oh no, so we was, talk about this on What's Good all the time about he literally oh, yeah. is punching, he was him punching in the back of the Yoshi neck. the whole time. That's he's what like, I'm saying. Yeah. he always drops him down ravines to accelerate. Yeah, it's not all good. Yeah, all the, abusive. abusive. Mario's abusive, man. Mario. Mario's a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> um, <laughs> We are supposed to be talking about our most anticipated games of 2022. And Rihanna, you kind of have an interesting pick. Do I? I mean, I feel like it's a hopefully popular pick. I hope other people are excited for Redfall. I mean, it's another Bethesda game coming from Arcane. Like, the pedigree is absolutely there. And I mean, I have a personal love for one of the characters that we saw that looks a lot like me, black woman with purple hair, who complained about her student loans and her dialogue options. Where you were like, like, "It me, it's me." <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for a, you know a four player co op game. You're fighting vampires. That seems cool. I'm I'm always for a zombies mode and, and horde action and and teamwork and getting three friends together for some shenanigans late at night and. I don't know. I just really want to get into the lore of of this new creation from Arcane and figure out what's going on with them. I know Arcane has been killing it lately with their storytelling. Obviously, we've we've all been excited for for everything that they're working on there. They're very busy right yes. now. So. Well, they've expanded. Yeah. Which is great. And clearly they had a big year with Deathloop. And yeah. I've been a big fan of the games that Arcane makes. And I'm interested to see how they handle multiplayer because we haven't really seen that in this way from them before. So I think they're either going to soar or it's going to be a little rough. You, mm-hmm. don't, you yeah. don't know. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll have to see how it goes. Definitely a big That's one for me. Pickery. Yeah. Thanks. Great yeah. Pick. Um, I mean, we have to talk about I don't want to call it I don't want to call it the elephant in the room call it the god in the room <laughs> dad of war dad of war <laughs> uh, god of war Ragnarok of course is slated to come out in 2022 PlayStation pulling no punches with both Horizon and God of War in the same year allegedly Ale- okay, fair hopefully God of War doesn't get pushed because Horizon I think is definitely coming out um, sure. yeah, in that's 2022 coming out. God of War could 
could potentially get pushed, but it looks like it's pretty far along development from what we've seen from trailers so far. I was just smitten with God of War on PS4. I have called it several times a masterpiece of video game making and really the de facto reboot of all reboots. If you're going to kickstart your franchise, God of War, I think, is a tentpole to look at of like how you do that and how you get new players in, how you can revamp what was previously a very unlikable character and some very unlikable narrative storylines and bring new people back in and make it humanized and really sink let players sink their teeth into it in a way that was not really possible in the previous game obviously the early games in the franchise did some really cool things mechanically and i think those games have always looked really good and from a game development perspective have done some really cool innovative things like they're one of the first games that i vividly remember that hid loading screens behind cutscenes, and that felt like a very like new fancy thing that not a lot of games could do but that Sony Santa Monica did and the you know release on PS4 felt so seamless Mm. when you played it like I didn't ever really see any loading screens ever in that game and I can't wait to play this game on PS5 yeah I'm very excited to play that I really enjoyed the last game it was so so good and also the how the way it ended the game no spoilers but it was very (laughs) it got me hyped for the next the next it was a cliffhanger yeah, yeah, huge cliffhanger, huge, yeah. But you know, there was some people never got to see that part of the game because you have to go back to a certain area to actually see that part. Uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So a lot of people are like, nah, I haven't seen that. I finished the game, it was done. I'm like, no, you have to go somewhere <laughs> well, else. And then the real kick in the teeth is yeah. one of the best cutscenes in the game is after you beat an optional side mission with the Queen of the Valkyries. Mm -hmm. Those Valkyrie fights were brutal. 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 And I never finished the final one. And so, of course, I went to YouTube and watched the thing. But, like... I appreciate that the developers were like, hey, we want to have like a real reward for people who are going to spend the time to do this hard gameplay element that we've built into the game. Mm -hmm. And it's completely optional. Like you never have to go and do all of those extra fights. But if you do, they gave you like a really legitimate, cool reward for it. And I'm very excited. It makes me want to go back and replay the game because the PC release is in January, I believe. Yes, in January coming up. So very soon around the corner for people who don't own a PS4, but if you have a PS4 or a PS5 and you have not yet played God of War, oh my gosh, please do it. Please do it. That's the most exciting part of PlayStation now releasing these games to the PC uh, community. Now a lot of people that don't have a PlayStation are going to experience Horizon, uh, God of War, and all these great games that came out in the past. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there was one more. Wasn't there? Uh, was it uh, was something the zombie we... game that they released for well, PlayStation Four? That's also on PC from PlayStation. I no, know, like we... one more most anticipated game. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, I have one. Yeah, I have one. Oh, yeah. oh, have one. oh, oh okay, I thought yeah, it was. We haven't <laughs> talked about our, our girl in, in her fly little shoes. Bayonetta. Oh, Bayonetta three. Snap. Yeah, I can't one believe we best... almost forgot Bayonetta. <laughs> one of the best boss battles experience ever has always been from. Part one and part two. The story is, is it's okay, it's cool, but just the experience. <laughs> it's weird, just call it like it is. It's, yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> it's weird. But it, it's just the experience of 
first of all, it's very. It could be difficult to certain certain bosses, but uh, I can't wait to see the next one. The only thing that I'm mad about about Nintendo is they the the team announced this way too early. So mm-hmm. every year I go to E3, I'm like, all right, let's see the next Bayonetta trailer. Nothing for years, and we just recently got to see this, like the the first gameplay footage of, of the uh, of the game. So. We'll see. I, I know, Brittany, I don't, I don't know if you're a fan of Bayonetta, but I just love those type of games, too. You know, it reminds me of, like, Bayonetta Double May Cry. is the original mommy in video games. Yeah. Lady yeah. Double D mm-hmm. has, like, come in, but Bayonetta <laughs> is it. You know what I mean? No, yeah. I love Bayonetta. She's so over the top, and I'm so bad at platinum games. Like, I just don't have the dexterity, and the I'm just not good at that. Baby has baby I, mode. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, crank that shit down, mash buttons, and you still get to experience a wild, out of over-the-top story. That mm-hmm. I think is just so worth of experiencing. There's nothing like Bayonetta, and I just love her so much. We're overdue. We're so yeah. Overdue the combat's just love. so fun, oh. and I know that this game has been in development for a long time. Platinum got hit particularly hard by the pandemic, and then transitioned to working from home, mm-hmm. like a lot of Japanese developers did. Like their infrastructure was just like not set up for that pivot, and so that's why we've had to keep waiting for Bayonetta three. I hope one day that it doesn't only uh, excuse me i hope one day that it comes to other platforms besides mm-hmm. switch because i think mm-hmm. that this game would perform so smoothly yeah on but I, I a think, more powerful machine yeah but i think <laughs> nintendo are the ones that invested to for development of this game they like, did it too i was on the wii u yeah but yeah. here's and here's then. the thing part one came out for xbox and playstation mm-hmm. and the and i remember during that time when it came out, I think it got a perfect score from uh, the Japanese uh, magazine. Famitsu? From Mitsu? Yeah. Yep. Got a perfect, perfect score. And that's rare for that to happen. And uh, and the sales here in the States wasn't that great. So Sega was like, ah, what, it's okay, whatever, you know. Hmm. But hmm. Nintendo took that took advantage of that because that game was amazing when it came out during that time, the first one. So, oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Here's the thing. The Sega has a lot of great iconic IPs, like Jet Set Radio, Bayonetta, but there's no, like, I feel like Sega's not really supporting it, and but other companies are willing to, to invest and have it exclusively for, like, their platforms. So... Um, hopefully we'll get to see Jet Set Radio in the future. We'll see. You know? <laughs> I'm still waiting. That's like my old time fairy game. So we'll see. I just <laughs> want that game to be in 4K at yes. 120 FPS because like that game deserves that. And I think that it would be beautiful mm-hmm. and so much fun to play because of the style of combat that Platinum creates. But I don't know if that's ever going to happen. So. Unless unless Nintendo releases a 4K version of the <laughs> Nintendo Switch. <laughs> don't hold your breath for a 4K Switch. I mean, but does it? But does it really matter to me? I just want to have fun. I, I don't care if it's 720, 1080, 4K. I just want to have fun for me personally. Yeah. I know everybody's going to have opinions about that, but uh, Brittany froze. Because she got so excited about <laughs> Bayonetta the three. There you go, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be our pickup point whenever I can get Brittany back on the call. Oh my God, I think I we're almost done. Yeah. Um, what a day. <laughs> what a day. Why is this happening? Hello. Brittany, Hi. you came out like this. 
it's okay. We we covered it. With <laughs> Jesus I H. Christo. Like, as soon as I talked about you know Bayonetta and I know, 4K you know Switch, I appreciate because like, every time I freeze, it's right when I'm about to talk shit. I was about to drop some shit about Nintendo, but I froze, so I don't have to do that now. The anger has passed. We. Can move. Oh, all right. It's a, I, I was. See, look at the face. I really want to hear what was it you were saying. It's all good. Yeah. Kicked in the teeth well. right uh, now on this this AV. Yes. I appreciate that Danny says, in theory, that he doesn't care about 720p or 4K, <laughs> but like, uh, uh, does I mean I still play old school games and it doesn't really have like 720 or it's even. But worse it's than different that. when it's nostalgia. It is yeah, different. Yeah, I mean, you go to PS5, you play the Xbox Series X. It's fucking stunning and beautiful. You get used to the lack of loading times. You get spoiled. There's no reason why Nintendo doesn't have a more powerful console. They have the fucking money. They yeah. can do it. They can make it happen, but they don't need to, and they know they don't need to, so therefore they don't do it. And then we get Pokemon Arceus footage looking like it's straight out of a fucking GameCube. It's Ooh, fine. Wow. wow. Girl! I- I'll stay back. I won't say anything I else. Mean, <laughs> I I I am with you, Britt, but... <laughs> We did mention it was one of the most anticipated games, so that's we see, keep coming that's back. It. We, we, we are the fools. <laughs> I am the fool. <laughs> fool that is there every midnight launch. I am the fool that's there pre-ordering Pokemon day that I can. Like I'm the fool. I admit it. But see that that's what makes Nintendo great because they're they're not competing. <laughs> I keep no, no, no. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come Brittany's back and like, say I'm why. I'm out of here. I'm gonna say why because. Because Nintendo's not competing against PlayStation and Xbox, I, I feel like they're in a different different level yes. compared to them too. Correct. Absolutely, you're not you're not wrong, Danny. But there's one company out there that has buttloads of money that could maybe. I know. Look, you will be the first one buying Zelda when it comes out and Pokemon. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> We yeah, just absolutely. we want better because we love it and we want the best from the things we love. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's, what all Brittany, <laughs> that's what Brittany. We all sim <laughs> for Nintendo. It's just what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Hey, at least we get into theme parks over here in the states. So that's as yeah. soon as we can. We're going to Mario World. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, exactly. Celebrate. You can't keep in us 4K. Away. <laughs> well, everybody, we can't uh, talk about literally every single game coming in 2022 because a lot of them we don't know are actually coming. Just some quick like rapid fire games that i think we're looking forward to talking about next year uh suicide squad uh gotham knights i think Mm. uh, multiverses we're we're taking a look at um (laughs) the prince of persia remake everybody don't forget that's coming i'm actually really excited for that i've been hearing Um, that for a while that's when that's coming (laughs) we don't know that's what i'm saying we don't know uh britney mentioned the callisto protocol Mm -hmm. um already you know there's uh, a lot more games. Obviously, Cyberpunk 2077 coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X is happening mm-hmm. in 2022 as well. Uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, 6, question mark? No, That's not, not coming, coming. this year. Uh, <laughs> Ghostfire Tokyo, story. though, may be yes. coming in 2022 okay. is a game that so. I'm excited about. Um, and then there's just so many more. We got Dune Spice Wars announced at the Game Awards. Is that coming next year? Probably not. Um, there's just too many to go down the list but there's so many games and mm. we say this every year but it feels like every year gets a little better it's a great time to be a gamer yes it is there are lots of ways to play yeah hopefully you found a ps5 over the holidays and yeah all these options are available to you or play play these games through the cloud or yeah. there's yeah there's xbox game pass and project x cloud 
I was talking about every service. You know, I was not promoting <laughs> Game Pass. Was okay. Well, there's st- Stadia still exists. It's a thing. Yeah, and it Luna, does. Luna, Amazon Luna, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, there's this- more cloud services now than ever before. There's more accessibility to play games, particularly in AAA. And don't forget, like, we have Epic Game Store doing amazing free games and sales all the time. Steam's still doing their thing. There's just so many ways to be a gamer now. And I think that that's wonderful. And if you can't afford to buy a game, now there's more games that's free more than ever. Yes. And more subscription services like Apple Arcade. I talked about a lot this year because I spent so much time playing Lego Star Wars Battles, which is on that service. And it's $5 a month and you get all of the games that are released on Apple Arcade. And none of those games have microtransactions or Mm. in-game purchases, which is such a welcome respite in the mobile gaming space. And I think that these are all good things. It gives more people more ways to play, whether you're in mobile, console, PC, you know, whatever way you play. Yeah. And I think that that's great. Yeah, I'm excited. And even, you know, Halo Infinite, more than ever, we're going to get to see people playing this everywhere. Cloud, PC, consoles, and it's a free game. And we've been waiting for this for, what, six years? The fact that it's in Game Pass is still a little bonkers. It's awesome. Yeah. You can play it on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I have a rapid fire question. Okay. Okay. Pick, go f- out of all the games releasing next year, assuming that this list is correct, okay. predict which game you think is going to be your goatee. No, Ooh. come on. Ooh. Ooh. No, no, come on. on. Ooh. Yeah, do it. Do it. Horizon. For me. For me goatee? Uh, <sighs> depends. Oh I, I think Starfield for me. Because I, I just, I've been dying to see something new from Bethesda like this, like a huge, huge RPG game. And I love RPG games. Yeah, so they're definitely going to win, aren't they? Yeah. Starfield? Yeah, Starfield is going to be big. Like right now, it's, you know, quiet. But yeah, mm. I'm telling you, once it gets closer to the holiday season, it's going to be a big game. Yeah. Huge, yeah. huge game. And they want Game Pass. Insane. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's wild. Yeah. Okay, so um, we got Horizon. We got Starfield. I, I think I'm going to say God of War and Ragnarok. And the reason being, I still haven't played. God of War. Uh, I know, I what? know, I know, I know, Reed. I know. Hear me out, though. Hear me out, though. Okay. I was busy, and I like accepted. Playing, I like playing sequels. <laughs> I really do. I, I feel like usually reboots are rent- fantastic. Remasters, reimaginings, all of those things are wonderful. I played the old school God of War games, so I just didn't feel compelled to get into this one. I have, I have, I have a. Uh... I have to say something. Okay. I think I think everybody's gonna be very surprised. Okay. Well, okay. wait. My, is it God of War related, never, or are you pivoting here? No, no. I have never played Horizon, but oh, I'm excited okay. oh. to play the next game. So similarly, yeah. Like like I seen I've seen all the hype around God of War. Obviously, we have mm-hmm. some incredible talent on that team, and I know it's gonna be absolutely gorgeous. I I just didn't get to it, and so this one I feel like is going to really like step its game up from that. Yeah. And I like getting in when something's really, really good. Like, I loved Psychonauts 2. I really enjoyed Halo 2 more than Halo. Like, like there's a lot of sequels that I enjoy more than the originals. So I'm actually excited that I haven't played God of War because mm-hmm. I get to come in at Ragnarok fresh. Okay, so you two have homework. <laughs> Re, you need to play God of War. Danny, uh-huh. you need to play Horizon. Fair, yes. Fair. And, These and, are two yeah. like okay. masterclass games. Like they're both just phenomenal, phenomenal, wonderful games. Over the break, maybe you can find some time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um 
I always been curious to play Horizon, but it came out during the time that I said, you know what? I'll wait for the PlayStation version, PlayStation Five version, and I'll be oh, fine. Oh yeah. And then time has passed, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's yep. that's that's how it happened with me. So I'm also gonna pick Horizon Forbidden West as my goatee. Yeah. yeah. Right. Fuck you, Pokemon. I oh mean, God. that's <laughs> like the closest to the 4K version <laughs> of Zelda right there. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Oh, yeah. God, there's just nothing like it. It's so fucking good. Yeah. And I just played it for the first time a few years ago, and it just blew me away. So. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Pokemon. Get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> Some good picks. All right. Well, hopefully you guys are hyped for the games coming in 2022. Let us know in the comments below or tweet to us at what's good underscore games. Let us know what your most anticipated game of 2022 is. Clearly, we left a lot on the table for you guys to come at us with. But thank you so much for supporting What's Good Games this year. We loved being with you guys and having you as part of our community. And we look forward to having more wonderful episodes and more special guests in 2022. Enjoy your New Year's Eve, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Happy New Year, everyone.